0: everybody it's Kimberly I'm an eternal life student which simply means human at the end of the day that really is the only title that we need I believe that people are like walking books and we each have a story to share with each other and by doing so we can learn something new and grow stronger together today is a very wonderful story to share and I hope that you learn a lot I would like uh, to introduce my guest Annie Burke. Uh, She is from Cosmic Heart Intuitive. She is a Brisbane-based international author and an animal communicator and medium. Uh, She began podcasting back in 2021 uh, with a show called What Animals Tell Me. Thank you so much for joining us, Annie. I appreciate it. And um, I can't wait to hear more about what is an animal communicator.
1: Thanks, Kimberly. I appreciate the opportunity to share some of my work uh, with your listeners so they can understand more about what happens with their animals. So, an animal communicator is someone who talks telepathically to animals. So, you're not actually talking out loud. Mm -hmm. It's like tuning into a radio station, is probably the easier way of describing it. So, you're tuning into the frequency of that animal and connecting with them, and they then talk to you it's their free will if they want to talk to you or not so I can't make them talk I can't force them to talk (laughs) Um, but every domestic animal I've spoken with is just bursting to have a conversation with their humans and tell them things I've been wanting to tell them for a long time Mm -hmm. so once I get their consent to talk uh, I ask them the questions that their human parents want to know and they answer me and I write down all their answers if I don't understand what they're trying to tell me I ask them if they can show me so then instead of hearing their voices in my head all of a sudden I have little video snippets in my head and they can show me so it's like thought transference for the speaking um, and then similar kind of technology for getting the images in my head it's just very unreal how it happens but it just does happen. And our animals all speak in different voices, just like humans do. So I can tell when they're smiling, I can tell when they're laughing. Some of them are very practical jokers and they oh. tell me funny stories. <laughs> and I even had a horse sing some of her answers. Oh my. Very unexpected, <laughs> but you just go with the flow. You never know what they're going to say. Right. Um, but because they're so intelligent and intuitive, they really know what's going on with their human parents as well. So it's just fascinating to get their perspective on what what's happening in their world.
0: Oh wow. Now, how did you um know that you had this ability? Was it something you were born with?
1: Did you learn it? Um, could you explain a little bit about it? Sure. Actually we can all communicate with animals when we're little. So if you watch little kids, they actually squat right down and they'll talk to the animal and then they'll relay the messages back to you. And a lot of people think, oh, yes, that's very nice. And don't realize that they're actually genuinely connecting with the animals. But something happens as we grow older and we just somehow close that communication channel. But we can open it up again. And for as long as I can remember, I've always thought that my cats could understand exactly what I was saying to them. Uh, and I just wish that I could speak cat and understand what they were trying <laughs> to tell me. Yeah. And so it must be terribly frustrating for our animals when they're trying to tell us something. We don't realise that we can actually communicate with them, but they don't complain about it. They just wait till we work it out. Yes. So I had a little ginger girl cat who suddenly passed away after a very short illness. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think that I felt as though I'd missed an opportunity being able to talk to her and finding out what was really going on. And so I looked for an animal communication course and I found one online Mm -hmm. and the cat that was on the front page of the website looked exactly like my cat.
0: Wow. And I
1: thought, wow, there is a sign that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it was interesting because I talked to her afterwards once I'd started communicating because I Mm -hmm. can talk to animals on the other side Mm -hmm. and I just felt it said I felt really terrible that um, she'd passed before I knew that I could talk to her and she said that wasn't a problem that all the animals that had been in my life up to her were all there to guide me into this spiral of knowing that animals were my passion and that was my purpose so that all played their parts in helping me to understand that Mm -hmm. and directing me to do the course Uh, So when I started the course, I had two cats with me and Mm -hmm. so they became my teachers and they were very patient (laughs) with me. But it was really interesting doing exercises with them because I had to send like images and Mm -hmm. words and Mm colours and then get them to receive them and then get them to send something back to me. So you're having a two-way conversation. And when I started asking them for images, I asked my boy cat what his favorite part of the day was. Mm -hmm. And so he put a little video in my head of me opening up the door from my garage when I came home from work and having me coming into the house. So that was lovely. And then also jumping up on my lap to sit and have a cuddle because he loved having Reiki and having crystal therapy with (laughs) me. So that was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, When I spoke to my girl cat, and said i understand that you're here to teach me Mm -hmm. and what would you like to teach me she just said about time Uh (laughs) (laughs) so she'd been waiting very patiently for me to work out that she was there to help me so the two of them really did help me Both of them have a lot of knowledge about healing technologies as well and so Mm -hmm. I love using crystals and Reiki therapy for healing. So they've helped me with the healing part of my work too. So I do distance healing all around the world for animals and humans as well as doing the communication. So I started with those two and then I practiced with a whole lot of friends animals so that the friends could confirm some of the information that I was getting. So I knew that I was getting correct information. From then, I've gone on to talk to animals at zoos, and I love talking to animals at zoos Mm -hmm. uh, and animals in the wild. With the zoos, I can talk to the keepers and pass on any messages. So, Mm -hmm. if they're not happy with the temperature in their enclosure or if they've got some health issues that the keepers don't know about, I can pass that information on, and the keepers are very grateful to get that information. But basically, once you start, whether it's domestic animals, zoo animals, animals in the wild, they mm-hmm. all talk. Fortunately, they all understand English, which makes oh, it very good. easy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I, if I don't understand, then they can send me the images and then mm-hmm. I can understand. Oh, that's wonderful. Is, do you um,
0: when you're walking around, do you hear a lot of chatter,
1: you know, um, mm-hmm.
0: or it's by choice when you start the conversation?
1: Yep, often my cats will have a family meeting and I'll see them all <laughs> close together, all looking very seriously. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm, thinking, I'm not listening to a conversation unless I'm invited into it. So it's only when I tune in and I've just set that intention that I'm not overwhelmed with lots of conversations from people. So when I do uh, communication sessions for clients, mm-hmm. I'll just uh, connect with that animal and do the reading, and then type it all up and send it back. So I read from photographs. Okay. Um, I connect with the animal through photos, so that's why I can read for animals all around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need the photo of their face with their eyes open okay. and the questions that the parents want me to ask. And then I also ask if there's anything that they want to tell their parent that hasn't been covered in the questions they've asked.
0: Oh, nice. Just in that's case nice. there's lots
1: of other things that happen. That's uh, wonderful. And then with mediumship animal mediumship that's talking to animals who are in spirit Mm -hmm. so for me it's the same as having a conversation with a living animal i'm just tuning into their frequency the soul endures with all the conversations i've had with humans and animals in spirit that's Mm -hmm. what they've taught me that although the physical body is no longer with us their soul endures so i've spoken to a dog who passed over more than 20 years ago so you can still you, you can, can still, still connect yeah. to them and get answers to them. So, wow. uh, and that's really interesting because they can confirm who they're with on the other side. So, mm-hmm. if they're with other animal family members oh, that have passed over yeah. or mm-hmm. human family members, they'll tell me. And very interesting, I've now worked out that they give me a code word okay. that means okay. absolutely nothing to me, doesn't yeah. make any sense, but it right. makes sense to the humans. Oh, and nice. then they know without a doubt that I'm definitely talking to their animal. Oh, because that's something that people have asked, like, how do I know I'm actually connecting with the right animal? Mm -hmm. So one of my most profound experiences was talking with a cat who'd been blind and had passed over in tragic circumstances. And his mum had lots of questions for him. Very happy to answer. I'd never met mum. I was just typing on messenger to her. So I hadn't heard a voice, hadn't seen a photo. All I had was a photo of the blind cat. Mm -hmm. And so he was answering all my questions and then he said rumple teaser. Okay. <laughs> thought, now, did I hear that right? Is he trying to say rumple stiltskin? Right. And if he's trying to say rumple stiltskin, how is that relevant to what we're discussing? <laughs> and so I doubted myself and I just thought I must be hearing things. So we mm-hmm. went on with the conversation. And then he said it again very clearly, rumple teaser. And I thought, okay, he's <laughs> telling me something I'm going to have to ask mum. So I don't know what made me think of it, but I just typed. Has he ever been called Rumpel Teaser? Mm-hmm. And there was just nothing back for a while. And I thought, oh, the mum's going to think I'm absolutely Aww. crazy. <laughs> and then she typed back, oh yes, I'd forgotten all about that. And apparently when she rescued him, he was living with a dog called Rumpel. And oh. he used to get in trouble for teasing the dog. So he got called Rumpel Teaser. But because he was blind, he couldn't even see the dog <laughs> uh, to tease it. But that was his way of letting his mum know. That I was definitely talking to him. Luckily. And for me, it was just such a profound experience mm-hmm. just getting that word in my head. Like I've got no rational explanation for right. how that word got into my head apart from him putting that word in my head.
0: Wow. Um, So
1: it's happened on a number of occasions now that they just say something that I couldn't possibly know right? Uh, just right. to confirm that I've definitely connected with them, which is really reassuring for their humans as well to know yes. that their soul is still there that's wonderful
0: so this just because i like to clarify this isn't just about reading animal body
1: language right this is much no. more uh, because i'm not i'm not seeing the animals live right like oh, if i go to a zoo or i go and visit friends houses or something yes i can interact with them live mm-hmm. but for most of my clients it's just through a photograph that they send me and then i just tune in and connect with them on an energetic level ask all the questions mm-hmm. and relay their messages and it's just beautiful getting some of the messages and finding out what they know is going on one of the ladies i did a um, communication session for told me afterwards that her cat knows her better than she knows herself
0: oh wow just because
1: they're so perceptive uh, they're very tuned into our vibrational frequency. So oh, yes. everything vibrates at a certain frequency and animals are extra sensitive to vibrations like with earthquakes coming and all of those kinds of mm, things. Yes. They know there's yes. changes coming. So with us, when we get sick, our energy levels drop the frequency and they know that. So quite often they know before we know. that we're actually unwell and so they will come around and be a lot more attentive and Mm -hmm. a lot more affectionate uh, because they want to try and help us heal and then interestingly some of them actually take on our health symptoms for us So even though we haven't asked them to do that they just love being of service to us and helping us so my beautiful red boy up here behind me Mm -hmm. I actually went on a book writer's retreat to write my two books And before I went, I had a very bad chest infection. Mm -hmm. And I think he was very worried that that was going to affect my time there. So the next thing, he's got a chest infection and I can't give it to him. None of the other cats in the family had it. They're indoor cats, so they can't go outside anywhere and catch it from anyone. So he'd taken that on for me so that I would be better by the time that I went. He hadn't quite figured the implications that he'd have to go around to the vet every day and oh. have his temperature <laughs> monitored, oh, but thing. it was very gracious of him to do that to help me. So, yes, uh, I've
0: that's heard just something. Um, some animals are, are like your guardian. I've heard,
1: right? And that's the thing I've written about in my book as well that, that they are with us for a purpose. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's no coincidence that they're in our lives. So some of them, yes do come as our guardians and they protect us Um, especially with younger children they can Mm -hmm. be very protective and making sure there's no negativity or anything around them some of them are healers so my red boy is a healer so he'll come and lie on me and just give me all this healing which is just lovely Mm -hmm. Uh, some of them are here to be teachers so once we can talk to them then Mm -hmm. they can start teaching us what it is that they have the knowledge of to help us so it's very interesting a lot of people think that they're rescuing animals but a lot of time they're actually rescuing us and you know that's their sole purpose is to come and help us Mm -hmm. from what I've learned with my conversations They're souls that have come in animal form to learn soul lessons while they're here on Earth, Mm -hmm. and we're souls in human form that have come to Earth to learn soul lessons. So sometimes they've come to us to help us with our lessons, and sometimes they've come to us so that we can help them learn their lessons. Oh, wow. So it's really interesting finding out the connections and if you're, some of your listeners are open to past life experiences, what I've been finding out a lot is that some of these souls have been interweaving with our lives for really? thousands of years. Wow. So they've had multiple incarnations with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my cats was with me in ancient Egypt mm. uh, working in one of the pyramids. He was an Abyssinian cat. Um, And he's shown me little flashbacks of of working with me there. Uh, And it's just something I've found now. I've got three people I know where the same soul has come back in three different animals successively to be with a human. Do they stay in the same animal form? No, it's very mm. interesting. They seem to know either just before they pass or once they've passed if there's an opportunity for them to come back. So unfortunately not all animals reincarnate in our lifetime, but it just seems to be happening a lot now. I've mm. uh, just been talking um, with a lovely cat in spirit uh, who is, has a very close relationship with her mum, so human mum, so I'm sure they've got a soul like a soulmate connection the bond is just so strong anyway she is going to come back as a dog okay And she said she was coming back as a scotty dog and so i looked up scottish terriers and found out that they came in different colors so i asked Mm -hmm. what color she was going to be and she told me and she's coming back as a boy okay and sometimes i do have to change sex to come Mm -hmm. back because that's the body that's available for their soul to come into. Sometimes wow. they're not exactly thrilled about coming back as opposite <laughs> sex, but because it's their opportunity to come back to right. the they put up with it. Anyway, um, I'd had the conversation with the cat. We'd got out that she was going to be this boy, Scottish dog. The colour is Wheaton, which is like a cream colour, and some a few other details. And so when I'd finished all of those questions, I said, is there anything you'd like me to tell mum? And the cat said, tomatoes. And I thought, tomatoes. why is the cat <laughs> telling me tomatoes? Uh, so I said, can you explain a bit more about that for me, please? And she said, no, it's a test. Oh. And I thought, okay. And I haven't had a dog before. So I thought, mm, I wonder whether she wants to eat tomatoes. Right. So I Googled, is it safe for dogs to eat tomatoes? Uh-huh. And apparently, yes, it is, as long okay. as they're ripe and red and no leaves or stems, um, or flowers, which apparently mm-hmm. are toxic. Oh, wow. On this page is a picture of a Scotty dog with a bowl of tomatoes. <gasps> oh. Wow. So- This kind of stuff just happens all the time. There's no rational explanation for it. But to me, that was just definitely confirmation that she's coming back as a Scotty dog. So anyway, when I passed that information on to mum, she said, oh, Annie, tomatoes are my favourite thing. I eat them every day. And the cat knows that. So that was the cat letting, (laughs) that was the code word. Okay. So that they know that the tomatoes was a significant thing. And very excitingly, she's found her little boy Wheaton dog who she'll be bringing home in a few weeks' time. Really, Very Ah. happy ending to the story when they come back. And it's just lovely because when the animals come back, sometimes they're exactly the same. Obviously, Mm -hmm. a cat changing to a dog isn't. But sometimes they look physically exactly the same. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're completely different. But there's things about them that you recognise on a soul level so you know that it's them. Okay. Uh, So it's just... It makes the whole grief process very different when you know that they're coming back because, yes, you miss that physical presence of the one who's gone, but then there's this huge sense of excitement and anticipation about what are they going to look like, what am I going to Mm recognise. Because they've done one lifetime with you and they've learnt their soul lessons and integrated them, when they come back, they're a higher evolved version of Mm -hmm. their soul. Okay, and okay. so they're not exactly the same because they've learnt those lessons from last time and they've come back with different lessons to learn. Okay. What's really interesting, though, with it's another concept that they've taught me is that I can talk to the aspect of their soul who's in spirit and mm-hmm. I'll come back in the new body. Oh, wow. So it's two oh, yeah. aspects of the same soul. So my cat who passed over the first one to let me experience it so I could understand it, mm-hmm. I talk to her now in, mm-hmm. in spirit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I talk to her in her physical body that she's with me now in. So wow. it's fabulous that I get to talk to both of them and it was fabulous that she was able to come back and be with me because I'm in the position where she could have stayed in Mm -hmm. heaven and still kept talking to me and still kept teaching me but she wanted to come back and be physically with me and with her siblings so that was just lovely that she's done that but it makes it easier now to explain it to other people because they've let me experience it right definitely wow
0: this is fascinating it really is you know and um, you know knowing that they can come back it really does change uh, the way you, that you look at things. Um, you know, I've lost animals in the past and uh, you miss them, but um, at the same token, you know, if you get additional animals later, you don't know if you're, you know, replacing them. Um, but now it, it could be them,
1: right? Yes. Uh, that's, it's that's what's fascinating. Because, yeah. Because people do recognize it. And I've had people say to me, Oh, I think this is, you know, X from a previous lifetime and mm-hmm. all the hairs and my arms just stand up on end. And I say, yes, <laughs> you're definitely correct. Uh, so so yes, um, a- is,
0: there, what's the, is there a big difference at all when you're talking to um, a living pet versus spirit or it's the same thing? It's just um, a picture.
1: To me, I still do it from the photos, yes, and okay. I can tune into their energy. Um, but having the conversation, to me, it's no different whether they're living or in spirit. They're still able to communicate. So for me, that's um, proof of life after life that, like, the soul endures. And so okay. that relationship with you endures as well.
0: Now, do you how do they
1: speak? how do they
0: talk are they intelligent are they uh a young voice like a young child's intelligence um an, an old you know uh, soul yeah. that type of thing
1: I've got all different voices just like humans so I can hear different accents male and female Mm -hmm. Uh, some of them are highly intelligent I had uh, and they have a really sophisticated understanding of English so sometimes I've actually had to look up the thesaurus and see what they've said is actually what I think they mean um, (laughs) to understand them so The best example of that, I had a cat I was talking to and he loved splashing water out of his bowl, Mm -hmm. as a lot of them do. And so his mum wanted to know why he was obsessed with splashing the water out of his bowl. And he told me and I said, do you want to tell her anything else? And he said, does she want an existential expose on the physics of displacing a volume of water? Oh wow! <laughs> I, thought, hmm, I think that person may have been a professor in a previous class. Yes. I'm very learned. <laughs> so they just do come out with amazing things. You just yeah, and I think a lot of people think, oh, they're a pet, mm-hmm. and yes, they might understand walk and they might understand no, right. uh, but actually, they understand everything that we say. Because Mm -hmm. they have free will, they can decide whether they obey us or not. So if we say don't hop on the table, they'll decide whether they want to hop on the table or not. But they certainly understand everything and they do get impacted if we say negative things about them Mm -hmm. or are discussing negative things because each word has a vibration, that affects them as well. So I was speaking to some crocodiles at a zoo Mm -hmm. and this crocodile said to me, we've got feelings too. We think we're beautiful. So they'd obviously been hearing people telling them how ugly they looked and that was really affecting them. So it's very important just to consider what words you use. But once you understand that they understand everything you're saying, then you can just have a normal conversation, although Mm -hmm. you can only hear one side of it. But it totally changes the relationship because they now know that you know Mm -hmm. that they can understand Mm -hmm. what you're saying and their behaviour will change. Oh, wow. And then the other interesting thing is that some of the animals get called negative names Mm -hmm. or negative connotations with the names, and so some of them don't like their names at all. So I spoke to a cat called Mighty, but it was spelt M-I-T-E-Y, Okay. And so the first thing she told me was that she didn't have an infestation mm-hmm. and she thought she'd been named for mites and she Aww. was just so offended by that. And she picked all these oldie world names like Penelope and Prunella and different things that she wanted <laughs> to be called, but definitely not mighty. Aww. And then I spoke to a male cat. Um, who was obviously from a Star Wars fan family because they called him Phantom Menace. Okay. And so he got called Menace and he didn't like being called Menace. He wanted to be called Harry, thank you very much. Oh, Harry. (laughs) And so it's interesting when they know that they don't like their name and they want to be called something else, they've already worked out what they'd like to be called. Really? As soon as the humans start calling them their new name, they respond to it. Wow. That is fascinating. It is. So they they think about stuff and it's just, you know, it depends when the parents book a conversation or know to have a conversation that you can Mm -hmm. actually get some of this information out but it's fascinating because then I can find out what's happening with behavior issues and mm-hmm. health issues that people might have been struggling to deal with right. so I have spoken with a number of rescue animals mm, and yes so sometimes I've been through significant physical or mental or emotional trauma before they come to their forever family yes. and so and sometimes I don't want to talk about it and that's their choice and I respect that But I spoke to a dog who'd come to his forever home and he'd been bounced through a number of foster homes Mm -hmm. and he was being very naughty in his Ah. new home and trying to lead his new fur dog sisters astray. And (laughs) mum was a bit upset because she was just trying to make him feel very loved and very secure and wasn't sure why he kept being so naughty. Right. And when I spoke to him, he said that he'd learnt that if he was naughty, he would get Some kind of attention from the humans, and for him, getting any kind of attention was better than getting nothing at all. So that was just a learned behavior. You'd be naughty, you get some interaction. They move you onto another foster home. You'd be naughty, you get some interaction. Foster home. So he was just in that pattern. So when I said, "Look, this is your forever home. You know, your mum really loves you. She wants you to be happy here and Mm to feel that you're very loved and secure," and he just said, "Oh." I'm overwhelmed.
0: Aww. And he just didn't know
1: how to handle that for a while. Right. He had to process it that he didn't have to keep on being naughty. Yeah. And that he was going yeah. to get love and affection. And he's now totally integrated with the other dogs. They've got cats as well. And he's just very happy dog. Mum's very happy because he's been <laughs> good now. And yes. he doesn't need to keep on being naughty. But that's just very interesting finding out what actually underpins some of the behaviors right no and that's why it's
0: so important to be able to communicate to find out not just for the human but for the animal because he wouldn't yep. have known right
1: no yeah and then so another dog I, another dog i got asked to speak to uh had totally changed his behavior and he was very snappy and oh. sad and morose. And before that, he'd been really perky and happy mm-hmm. and just loving life. And the vets had put him on something like Valium ah. as an antidepressant.
0: Right. And he
1: told me it made him feel vomitous and woozy. They were mm. his two words. Right. And I said, so what's going on? And apparently his mum had lost three friends in close succession that all passed away and she was grieving.
0: Right. And that so because she it. was
1: dealing with the grief and depression herself, she totally changed her interaction with the dog. Right. And he wasn't very happy about that, right. but he didn't have anything wrong with him. He was just responding to her changed behavior. Okay. So once we sorted that all out and mum got some help, his behavior changed straight away. So then he was wow. safely weaned off his medication And they're both back to their normal relationship now. But it really shows they really rely on us and routine. And so if we change our routine, then that does affect them. And particularly if we're going to go away or we're changing shifts from a night shift to a day shift or Mm -hmm. something, if we tell them what's happening, then they don't get so stressed. So like when I go away, I'll let my cats know and I'll say, you know, I'm going away for however many nights it is. And I'm lucky because I can talk to them every day and (laughs) and make sure they're okay and they can check in on me. But they love being involved because to them we are their world. So if we can tell them what they're doing, what's worrying us, um, if we're going to be coming home late from work, if someone's coming over to dinner, they just like knowing that it just helps them to not stress so much. Okay. But then, if we want to bring someone new into the household, so whether it's a new partner, whether we're bringing home a baby, whether we're bringing home a new animal, mm-hmm. all of those mm-hmm. things totally change the energy in the house Definitely. and that affects them. They're used to having you on their own. Yes. And yeah. if they have to share you with someone yeah. else, it's a whole <laughs> new ball game. And particularly if it's a new animal, some of them think that they've done something to upset you. And that you don't love them so much and you've had to go and find another animal to bring home and love. Right. So if you can say, look, I want to get a new kitten or a new puppy or whatever it is and Mm -hmm. say, you haven't done anything wrong, I still love you, but I've got capacity in my heart to love another animal and to give them a happy home, then that takes the pressure off them. And then if you can be really sensitive and try and smother your new little animal <laughs> in the away from the vision yes. of your existing animals and still have your one-on-one time with the existing animals because that's what they really thrive on as well as having that one-on-one time with you so it's a bit hard if it's a new baby that's come home that you're trying yeah. to share yourself between the baby and the animals but again telling them what's going on and just saying well, up every few hours feeding the baby the baby's going to be making some noises that you're not used to right and that's the thing they have to adapt to as well if there's someone else in the house there's a different phone ring um, yeah. like different devices like a razor that they've never heard electric shaver that they've never heard before a different voice a right. um, different um, walking pattern on the floor so lots of different things to get used to so it's all just adjustment but I find that having that conversation just helps prepare them for that. And then everyone's a lot happier and it's not so stressful.
0: Yeah, no, communicate. I tell this to everyone and, and I guess it goes with animals too. Communication is key to everything, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's how you know what's going on. That's how you know to adjust. And uh, then people can let each other know what they need to to do. Mm-hmm. Same thing for animals, right? Yep. Definitely. So um, you're also a global awareness uh, of animals. It's something that you're trying to um, do.
1: Yeah, that's that's my purpose is to raise global awareness of the importance of animals. Mm -hmm. So I'd love people to know that they are sentient beings. They have souls. They feel emotions. They feel pain, just like humans do. Uh, And they're here to help us. And so if we understand that, then we can make a difference for them. So whether it's doing something with conservation work or, you know, supporting animals at zoos or um, letting our children experience animals at an early age and learning how to respect them, there's lots of different things we can do uh, to help animals. And because they can't speak for themselves, they rely on communicators to be advocates for them and to be their voice and to get their messages out. So when I wrote my first book, I actually interviewed a number of animals to get their perspectives on things about what was happening in the wild, Mm -hmm. just so that I could tell their stories in their words. Um, And that was really interesting, getting a spokes animal from different (laughs) animal groups. Yes. Um, And some of what they shared about what's happening in the world is very harrowing, but that's the experience that they're living at the moment, like with poaching and hunting and things. So but I just wanted them to say how it affects them, how it affects their offspring as well. So that was a very emotional chapter to write, but I felt it was very important because it is just a a living reality of what they're dealing with. And some people told me that they had no idea that was actually going on. So I'm glad they got a chance to get their messages out.
0: Yeah. It's good that you're, you're, um, you're their voice right now so that they can Mm -hmm. be heard. And that's, yep. that's important. Um, you have two uh, bestseller books, correct? Um, yes. Do you, uh, can you tell us the titles of them?
1: Yep. So the first one um, is called The Bridge to Animal Consciousness Beautiful. Um, with my gorgeous boy who's with me now on the front cover. And I asked him if he was happy to be on the front cover and he said, <laughs> wherever you want me. He's very humble. Um, excitingly, that went number one in America and Australia. So Wonderful. that was such a thrill. And so this was part of my life purpose to help people be aware of the soul journeys of animals, why they're here with us. Mm -hmm. Um, I talk about what to do to introduce a new animal to your household. I also talk about what happens when we have to say goodbye. Um, I talk about the benefits of animal communication. So Mm -hmm. it's not a book on how to do animal communication, but why it's so beneficial for humans and animals to do that. and then i share some of my stories about animals at zoos and animals in the wild and at the end i've got a chapter which i wanted to write very positively which i called return to eden so once there is this raised awareness about animals that we can do more to conserve them and to conserve habitats and work out ways of having ecosystems and um, eco villages where animals can still have habitat but we can still um, have the locals you know earning an income from having that availability so it really needs a global approach from lots of different um areas it's not one jurisdiction that's going to make a difference for animals but there's lots of things that we can do to make a difference and then um you also have another book as well so my second book's a slightly different topic Um, Sorry, it's just getting a lot of reflection. So it's called Evolving Hearts and Souls, The Guide to Spiritual Awakening. So when I had my spiritual awakening, I didn't even know it was a spiritual awakening. I didn't know that was something that happened. And I had clairvoyant powers switch on. So I'd be having a conversation with someone like you and mm-hmm. suddenly I could see into your past and I could mm-hmm. see into your future. And I'm thinking, what is this? And what am <laughs> I supposed to do with it? Right. And at the time, new age things weren't really in. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to a few people about it and they just said, oh, no, I don't dabble in that. So I stopped okay and then some years later a friend found a flyer for some psychic development classes and she thought spiritual development classes and she said oh I thought you might be interested in this and anyway I went along and my clairvoyance switched back on healing switched on a number of other things as well so then that just started me on this incredible journey then of exploring all things spiritual yes. so I'm particularly interested in natural forms of healing which is why I love using crystals because they're they vibrate and help our energy animals and humans Um, i use essential oils so they're plant essences so i'm a clinical aromatherapist and i've trained as a reiki master so using the energy going into heal so distance healing i use those things in combination to support animals and humans Uh, and then just lots of other things with the animal communication um, mediumship um, lots of different types of healing clairvoyance training uh have uh, yeah, done animal communication uh lots of different topics shamanic oh. training so mm-hmm. all sorts of different things so i've written about all of these experiences in the book and also the importance of doing meditation because
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think once you can go into your place of inner calm then you can actually learn to listen to your voice of intuition and your higher self and just know more about what you're here on the planet for because once you understand why you're here The whole world takes on a different perspective and what you've taken for granted. (laughs) Yeah. Assume is happening is not really what's happening. So doing all my work with the animals has just totally changed my understanding of what happens and particularly with the reincarnation because I had no experience of that until my cats did it so that I could understand it and then write about it and then help support other bereaved animal parents with it. I've always been intrigued that the ancient Egyptians knew all about it. Right. and they obviously knew what was going on. So I've just learned so much. And a lot of these concepts I'd never heard of before, mm-hmm. um, but because I've experienced it all now, I've had to change how I think and my understanding of the world. So there is a lot to learn and you just keep learning. I just learn new concepts all the time, particularly about souls mm-hmm. um, and with them coming back and different ways that they can come back to us. One thing I didn't mention for the bereaved animal parents, once Mm -hmm. the soul has had some healing on the other side, Mm -hmm. then they can come back and visit us on an energetic level. So somehow they can put on a temporary physical body so we can actually recognise them if we see them in the house. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we hear them. So when my girl used to come and visit before she reincarnated, I could hear her meowing. Oh, wow. And a lot of people have heard their animals, or they can feel them like they'll brush around and you'll feel a tail rubbing around your leg and there's nobody there, or you can feel them jump on the bed and there's no one yes. there. Yes. And that, or they yes. come up and actually pat you on the face, or you might hear them purring or hear them barking. You just know that they're with you usually it's very early in the morning
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they do everything that they can to let us know that they've been there to visit us so they might move something around in the room they might move some of their favorite toys mm-hmm. um, they just do whatever yes. they can to say I'm here oh. I'm visiting because <laughs> they feel a grief too the right. separation oh. and they can see us grieving right. and they can't come and physically comfort us so that's very hard for them so being able to come and visit means that the connection is still there between us the other thing is that our other animals also grieve as well for them so when you're grieving Mm -hmm. for the loss of your animal and you've got human family that you're trying to support in the grief process you've also got your other animals to support true they will know that you're grieving so they'll try and comfort you right they need comforting too it's a two-way thing so you've just got to think about supporting the animals as well as the humans so um, in addition to my mediumship conversations uh, I've just started a new program for mm-hmm. animal mediumship where I'm going to work with animal parents for up to 12 weeks mm-hmm. um, going through a process of helping them navigate through the grief journey including mm-hmm. the other animals as well mm-hmm. um, and that will include a few mediumship sessions and also include some distance healing so Um, they can get some heart healing and move on to getting some peace of mind because people can be stuck in grief and guilt and remorse about the animal dying and feel it they're to blame right and so finding out why they really died um because if they're not home and they don't know why right um, animals have good medical knowledge so they can tell me what's happened and that gives the parents then some peace of mind about that Oh, good. Um, so
0: um, I'm going to be um, ending the podcast soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted uh, to, to give you the heads up um, mm-hmm. and also uh, give you a chance to let people know um, where they can reach out to you. I'll put it also in our comments um, so people can find the links as well. Um, mm-hmm. But if, if somebody was interested in
1: uh, reaching out to you, what is the best way for them to find you? Okay. A number of places. My website is www.cosmicheartintuitive.com.au. You can message me through that and there's links there to um, the different services that I provide so you can get some more information from them. But, yes, send me a message and then I can arrange a Zoom conversation and just talk about what kind of assistance you're looking for, that's the easiest thing to do. Or you can connect with me on Facebook, Annie Burke, B-O-U-R-K-E, also on LinkedIn as Mm -hmm. Annie Burke. Uh, And my podcast show is available on most podcast platforms and it's called What Animals Tell Me. And the first two episodes I did were about signs my animal is visiting me from the other side and is my animal going to reincarnate. So for bereaved animal parents listening, that may be of some support to you as well. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you planning on reading... Oh, so ahead. the books, yes, sorry, they're both available as paperbacks or eBooks Um okay. on Amazon online. That's the easiest way to book them. Yes, I am thinking about writing more books because yes. I've just experienced so much more now and understand a lot more about uh, what happens with animals. I wrote those books in 2018. So okay. I've got a, a lot has happened lot since then, I'm sure. <laughs> in the last few years we're talking to lots yes. more animals. So, yeah. Oh. Um,
0: Wonderful. Well, um, I would love to have you back again um, mm-hmm. if if you have time. And if, if, if you do write that other book, it would be even uh, better to talk more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an honor to speak with you. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to just really open our eyes and teach us about this. Um, it, it's not something that everybody knows about um, and it is uh, something that is uh, near and dear to a lot of our hearts. You know, The animals are part of our family, you know, they're part of our lives. Um, and knowing that we all have this capability uh, just makes it so much more interesting and fascinating uh, to, to do. So I think that uh, we're going to find a lot more people who are going to start talking to their animals uh, and, and trying to see what's going on. <laughs> yep.
1: And so again, it definitely will change the relationship. They'll know that you know they understand. Yes. Um, and then once you actually start tuning into them and can really hear them, that just totally transforms your relationship. So yes. I'm actually developing an animal communication course at the moment as well. Oh, lovely not finished yet but that's okay. something that I'll be able to offer animal parents as well to help them learn and I'm also looking at a new um group where I'll be mentoring people oh, about great. animal communication as well so oh. lots of plans in the process that's to help more great. animals and to help yes. more animal parents and that's, what, <laughs> that's what I'm all about yes well I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I really appreciated
1: really. it Okay.
0: You have a very lovely day. And Mm -hmm. um, everyone, please be sure to like and subscribe. And um, if you have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to uh, put them on uh, our YouTube and um, all the other um, avenues that we're available. Um, And For my radio listeners, um, again, uh, please make sure to uh, go to www.cosmicheartintuitive.com if you'd like to find out some information. And um, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Thank you.